Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody. It is Drags Mike Petralia back with another episode of the Red Sox Beat on the CLNS Media Network, joined by old friend Alex Barth of 98.5 The Sports Hub. He does a wonderful job covering all things Boston sports, of course, for 98.5thesportshub.com, as well as you can follow him on Twitter and should be by now at Real Alex Barth. How you doing, bud? How's things? How are we doing, Trags? You bouncing back and forth between Boston and Foxborough quite a bit, aren't you? Not even a lot of bouncing, mostly just in Foxborough, but <laughs> I'm in Boston today, so. There you go. Um, we have a lot to talk about with your Boston Red Sox, and it ain't good. Uh, they lost again in extra innings in 11 innings. Mind you, uh, to the Atlanta Braves at Fenway on Tuesday night, nine to seven. Um, it was their third straight loss. They, of course, lost three of four to the Kansas City Royals, one of the single worst teams in Major League Baseball. I don't care if the games were in Kansas City, Fenway, or on the moon. Uh, not good to lose that. And uh, I want to start. I know we're going to get to Chris Sale. We're going to get to Juris Familia coming in for the now injured list. Um, uh, designated Tanner Houck. We'll get to all of that, but I want to talk about Jaron Duran and why you think the guy is still on the major league roster after that seventh inning display in Kansas city on Sunday. Because high and bloom loves him some prospects. He, you know, once you turn 26, 27, 28, he's done with you. So Duran's still young enough that there's still hope. I'm kidding. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. You know, they could have kept Jackie Bradley Jr., who at least gives you something defensively. Maybe salvages what's going on in that clubhouse. Instead, they keep a kid that looks totally lost. And look, in, in Durant's defense, he's not an outfielder. He was well, drafted as a second baseman. Very fair point, Alex. That's a very fair point. Go ahead. The whole reason he's playing outfield, the Red Sox actually, so in 2019, he was with the Lowell Spinners the year he got drafted. Or sorry, what? 2018, he was with the Lowell Spinners the year he got drafted. The Red Sox actually, the, the Spinners had an outfielder named Cole Brandon at the time, who the Red Sox had drafted in the second round. And right. Cole Brandon was a very fast player. Cole Brandon was one of the fastest players I've ever seen on a baseball field. Problem with Cole Brandon was that was pretty much it. I think he was hitting like a buck 85, and then he got hurt. Billy Hamilton like no, 2.0. I wouldn't be that mean to Billy Hamilton, but sure. I, and then he got hurt, and the Spinners had like no outfielders. So they basically went in and said, who wants to play center field? And Duran was like a ninth, 10th round pick. He wasn't playing a ton. And to get on the field, he said, I'll do it. And so he's only been playing center field for like four or five years here. It sounds like a lot of time, but then you think about some of these guys have been playing the outfield since, right. you know, maybe they were like 10, 11, 12 years old. So in his defense, that, that being said, it should not look this bad. You don't expect him to be a gold glover, but it should not look this bad. I think maybe he's been a little better at the plate than some people give him credit for, but it's oh, just another home run on uh, Tuesday yeah. night in the loss to the Braves, but it's just a, a, a major league ball club should not look like this defensively. And it, it goes back to the point where the Red Sox don't seem to care about defense. They don't seem to value right. defense. They will just put guys out there for the sake of putting them out there, whether it's 
Franchi Cordero at first base, Jeter Downs at third base, Christian Arroyo, wherever, what they were doing, moving Christian Vasquez around, right? They don't care. They don't see this as a negative. They just see it as the price of doing business when your center fielder can't play center field. So I think that's why. I think because, you know, we all look at it and say, how is this guy still out there screwing up in the field? They don't see it that way. So you juxtapose that against them releasing Jackie Bradley Jr. The Toronto Blue Jays sign him, uh, pick him up uh, reportedly, and he's going to join them uh, down the stretch to add some defensive depth and a late inning assurance uh, defensively, as a lot of competitive ball clubs do. Um, You know, when games get tight and close, late in games, tight and late, uh, you have a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. flying you know, uh, tracking down fly balls in center field. Jackie Bradley Jr., for my money, is the best center fielder defensively I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I've I've heard people who've watched the game a lot longer than me agree with that. So, but again, with that, that doesn't seem to matter to High and Bloom. I just think it makes, makes it even re- stranger that he traded for him back in the spring and that whole deal. But yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you could sit here and kill Heim Bloom and wonder what Alex Cora is thinking by keeping Jaron Duran in that lineup. At this point. So here's I, my thing with Cora. Go ahead. Remember when Tom Brady was on the Patriots and the offense wouldn't work and he would throw the protest balls? He would just oh, like yes. 60 yards in oh, double coverage. Oh, oh yeah. I know where you're going. These are protest lineups from Alex Cora. Yeah. I really don't blame Alex Cora for a ton you know of this. Is he even perfect this year? No. But Cora's, if Cora's management was the Red Sox' biggest problem, they're in contention for the division. Like, that's how little I, it's on my radar. Look at what he's been given. It's not a major league roster. I think he's that's telling a ownership. Fabulous point, Alex. This is, that's a terrific point. This is what you're going to give me? You're going to trade away Jackie Bradley Jr.? Or you're going to DFA him? All right. It, it, here's Jaron Duran in center field. All right. You're not going to give me a real first baseman? Well, I'm going to put Franchi over there and see how you like that. So... I, I think Alex, I don't blame Alex Cora for this. He doesn't have a full major league roster to make a major league lineup. And within that, I think he's trying to send a message. I also think he's the answer, the, the response he's given many times, of course, before and after games in that Fenway press room is what else am I going to do? Who else do you want me to put right. out? Who, who would have a reasonable chance of competing defensively in that position? What, what do you want me to do? And I, go back to, and I'm going to uh, transition here into my next subject. Why Bloom thought it was a smart idea trading away Andrew Benatendi uh, after the 2018 season is absolutely, or after the 2019 season, is absolutely beyond me. Do you understand that at all? I think because they thought him and Verdugo are redundant. I, so I think that's part of it. The other thing is, well, let's look at how the nerds view the game. That's yep, three true outcomes, right? Three true outcomes, home run, strikeout, walk. What does Andrew Benintendi do? He hits singles. And there's no place in baseball for singles. Or a gold glove left nerds. fielder either. Or a gold glove left fielder, right? They don't care about defense. You know who the worst right. player in the history of baseball is to these nerds? Ichiro. They, have, <laughs> they would have, think about it. Seriously, think about it. They yes, would have no time for that guy. Fabulous one of the best players of his generation. Best outfielder I ever saw. Best outfielder I ever saw. Beloved players of his generation. One of the best players helps grow the game tremendously. These nerds, high and bloom, Andrew Freeman, and this isn't just a bloom thing. This is like a bigger picture thing. They're going to look at that guy and say, 
all right, he gets 210 hits, but 150, 160 number singles. I don't need that. Like that's how they view the game. So I, I'm not saying Andrew Benintendi is, is Ichiro. That's the extreme no, and, comp, but again, and, a guy that hits a lot of singles, even though there is, believe it or not, getting guys on base is a good idea. Running up pitch counts is a good idea. Testing pitchers is a good idea. Oh, and he can play some defense. Right. There's no room for that in nerd ball. There's no room for that. You, 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 they'd rather 30 home runs and 150 strikeouts. And for the record, I am one of those people that thinks Ken Griffey Jr. went healthy is the greatest player in the history of modern baseball. The ultimate five tool player. Who, Ken Griffey Jr.? Yes. Yeah. I, at at yeah. his height. Um, and I know people, like I've said before, people are going to point to Shohei Otani and certainly Mike Trout in that discussion when his back wasn't acting up. But um, the Red Sox, just for whatever reason, Alex, and I don't understand it, they don't value and look at baseball the way, the same way successful teams have played it throughout the years. And, and I think part of this, Alex, is the Red Sox and Heim Bloom wanted to bring that Tampa Bay style up to Boston. And John Henry, who has made billions on projecting futures and looking outside the box, thought that Heim Bloom was truly onto something. And you know, three years in, it's not working out well. And um, in just a bit, uh, we'll talk about what this means for the Red Sox going forward. I'm talking with Alex Barth of 98.5. The Sports Hub does a great job covering all things Boston sports. And follow him on Twitter at Real Alex Barth. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and yes, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today to make your first sports bet. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, back with Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub. Chris Sale breaking his wrist riding a bike. It, it, it's surreal, Alex. After what the guy has been through, it looked as if maybe he gets back by the end of the season. I don't think it would have mattered at this point, you know, with the broken pinky finger. Uh, I think they would have held him out anyway. Uh, Breaking his wrist makes it uh, a sure thing that he won't be back the rest of this year. However, a great story uh, in The Athletic today, and I want to find it by Jen McCaffrey, looks to the bigger picture, and that is 2023. What is Chris Sale's wrist surgery that happened on Tuesday mean for the long-term success of this rotation going forward? It ain't good uh, to, to be very kind about it. She writes, news of Chris Sale's season-ending wrist surgery on Tuesday threw more uncertainty into the 2023 pitching picture on a day when Rich Hill gave up four runs in four innings. Red Sox lose again 9-7 to to the Atlanta Braves. Sale, who just had started throwing again following surgery on his left pinky finger on July 18th when he was hit with a comebacker to the mound, fell off his bike near his home on Saturday. In the process, he broke his right wrist. 
What should the expectations be for the entire rotation? Nathan Avaldi will be a free agent this winter, as will Michael Walker and Rich Hill. Aside from Sale, Nick Pavetta and James Paxton are the only other starters under team control for next year. Ouch. Yeah, it's not going to be good. And I don't think no. you can count on Sale for anything. And let's not, they, they remember, they did that this year. They thought they were going to get 20, 30 starts out of Chris Sale. That was never going to happen. It was anybody who's watched them the last couple of years. It was never right. going to happen. They're, they're in big trouble and they're going to have to, you know, spend tight here or spend. You're, you're muted, by the way. Spend money on pitching, which they have not proven they'll do, at least not significantly. They'll they'll draft Garrett Whitlock in the rule five draft, which was not right. a bad move. They will pay James Paxson, whose elbow doesn't work. That wasn't a great move, <laughs> but they're going to have to go out and give one of these actual big time pitching prospects because you can't Is Pavetta going to be their number one next year. Like that's not, you're not winning with that. No, you're not. And I think, you know, when you take a look at the long-term picture of the, oh, by the way, let's not forget that they're, they're running their top pitching prospect into the ground right now. Oh, um, help me. Um, yes. Brian Bayo. Brian Bayo. Um, and we, you wonder how a guy like a 23 year old like Brian Bayo is going to handle that, right? Mentally going right. forward? Probably not well, which is, again, goes back to your, your, your screwing around with his development, which is never good. No, I, I just don't like the feel. And, and we haven't even talked about the impact Raphael Devers' contract negotiations and the uncertainty regarding what's going to happen with Xander Bogarts and the rest of their position players. Christian Vasquez, obviously, already out the door and playing now in Houston. It just seems so unsettled right now, and they don't appear to have a plan. That's what I think bothers Red Sox fans the most, right, Alex? Is oh yeah, your plan. I mean, it was great to get Tommy Pham. He actually, you know what? He had another homer on Tuesday night in the loss to the Braves. Tommy Pham has been one of those players who has seemed to be a great fit in Boston. He loves the energy. Red Sox fans love him. He had a solo home run, as I said, in the third inning on Tuesday. He has two home runs, four RBIs over the last two games, brings tremendous energy. The other guy they they acquired, Eric Hosmer, went 0 for 2 on Tuesday night, left the game uh, after the fourth inning due to a left knee contusion. What are you doing? I mean, we asked this last week, but again, what are you doing? Right. There's no drag. And okay, cool. Tommy Pham's going to hit a couple of home runs. He'll end up with the worst draft spot. Like, it doesn't feel like it, it makes a difference right now. They lost the game anyway. Like you're, the, the team's not better. They bought and the team's not better. That's just never acceptable. You know, and, and what, and I, we've said this before and I said it last week, the Red Sox made those trades in case they made the playoffs, not, not to make a run at the playoffs, but in case they Which made the just, playoffs. It's, it's a horrible, horrible way of thinking. It's a horrible way of thinking. It's, that that is not how sports work. You you never build your roster around what if we're good because you know what no. that let's 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 actually let's break down that logic for a second. Yeah. What's going to decide if the Red Sox make the, pro, the the playoffs or not? If the roster is good, so they're basically saying, well, our roster probably isn't good enough, but just in case it is, let's make it a little better. Like, what a bizarre logic loop that is. It makes The no roster's not good sense. enough, so let's make it just a little bit better, just in case it gets better, when you could, oh, 
I don't know, just make it better, make it good enough instead of, well, we're not going to make it good enough, but we're going to make it just a little better in case it gets good enough. Like that makes no sense. No team in sports operates that way. And this is why I was fine. I wasn't in love with Bloom's plan, but I was fine with giving him some leash until he made those moves at the deadline. Because I think before the deadline, there was a plan. I didn't love the plan. It was the Tampa plan. I didn't love it, but it's like, all right, at least for what the plan is, I think he's executing it. What he's doing now, just he's totally lost. He's totally off the trail. It's not the Tampa plan. It's not a small market plan. It's not a big market plan. It's a mess. That's all it is. It's a mess. And he, he's he's completely, I don't know if he's chasing media narratives, if he's if ownership has kind of forced him to change direction, whatever it is, but he's totally off the rails now. And it's it's just, a, it's ridiculous. Do you believe in run differential and extrapolating that over a season as a significant um, statistic that represents how you're how you're doing overall? Rep- do you think sure, it's representative sure. of the team? I I think it can be yes. You know where I'm going with this? The Red Sox. It's brutal, right? They were above water for most of the year. Then they had the 28, I'm sorry, what was it? 28 to five game against Toronto, right? Yep. They are right now, run differential, minus 32. Do you realize there are only three teams in the American League worse? You realize that? Remember, they had that stretch right after the All-Star game, and the Toronto game was in there, but it wasn't just that. They had, like, every day for about a week, it was coming out that, it, you know, when you adjusted, it was like the worst five game stretch in terms of run differential in the history of baseball. And <laughs> yes. so, again, to have that one stretch, maybe is not indicative of the whole season. But let's look at when that stretch was. That stretch was right before the trade deadline. They were for about a week. Right. The worst team in the modern history of baseball. And they invested in that roster. They decided to keep that thing together and add pieces after being once again for about a week, the worst week a team has had in it. Baseball's history is long. It's all of, you know, Dorktown secret base, that thing. It's all there. I'll, I'll go back and see if I can find some of the numbers here, but they were the worst, they had the worst stretch a team has had in decades. You don't have and to waste said, too much. You know what? Bye, bye, bye. Okay. The teams that are worse, the Detroit Tigers minus 133. This is heading into games. On Wednesday, minus 133. Oakland is minus 122. Kansas City, the team they just lost three of four to, minus 121. The Red Sox and LA Angels, one of the worst teams uh, in baseball after um, the month of May, uh, they've been brutal. They are also negative 32, and the, your Boston Red Sox are negative 32. All of that being said, Alex, this team is five games out of the wild card, six in the loss column behind the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm just wondering, you know, if all of the injuries and all of the losses they've had of late, eventually the players say, look, we're, we're just not good enough. And I know they want to be professional in the clubhouse, but do you think the white flag is going up the pole at, at this point? After last night, it would feel that way. By the way, I found the, I found the stats. So this Good is work. on July 24th. So this is about a week, week and a half before the deadline. Right. And this is, it's the worst five-game stretch for any big league team. 
in the last 70 years. Oh. So five games in the last 70 years. Number one, the 2022 Boston Red Sox, July 16th to 24th. Number two, the 2022 Boston Red Sox, July 15th to July 23rd. Number three, the 2022 Boston Red Sox, July 14th to July 22nd. And by the way, these things kind of getting bunched together like that. So you'd say, well, okay, maybe there's one bad game in there. And yeah, they're in the top three, but it's all because of one game. Right. You go further down the list. And by the way, the fourth team is another team from 2022. That was the Cubs from June 11th to 15th. But you go 22 Cubs, 18 <laughs> Angels, 10 Pirates, 56 Senators, 54 A's, 99 Cubs, 93 Twins, 21 Orioles, 19 Orioles, 15 Braves. Like it doesn't. Other teams don't bunch together. The only other team that's bunched together, you got to go outside the top 10. You go down to about, you know, the 15, 16, 17 range, the 2000 Yankees. But it's actually not common for it to get bunched up like that. But again, the worst five game stretches in the last 70 years. One, the Red Sox right before the trade deadline. Two, the Red Sox right before the trade deadline. Three, the Red Sox right before the trade deadline. And they said, let's invest in this. You know what's interesting about that list? You need the the visual of it for it to work. I think most Red Sox fans remember this. Remember the 2000 Yankees that you point out? They won the World Series. That was the year that they were up on the Red Sox by, I believe, 11 games heading uh, heading into Labor Day, and the Yankees almost blew the lead. Do you remember that, Siri? Yeah, so it's it's, – I don't really, but it's September 25th to 29th, September 27th to October 1st. It's at the end of the year. Like that, you know, it's different. So anyway, yeah. Uh, anything else on your mind before we wrap it up here? Um, they, this, they, they, just, they, they got, we didn't touch on, we didn't touch on Chris Sale a ton. They got to give up on him. They, they just can't, if he gives you anything, it's gravy. You can't count on him because, and I see people saying, oh, well, what, you know, why do you have to ride his bike? Why didn't he take an Uber? might have strained his shoulder opening the door. Just look at him, right? Yeah, they, I agree with that. If he had ordered Uber Eats, they give him the bag of food. He might have broken his wrist. The guy's 6'4", 180 pounds. At some point, they need to talk to him and say, dude, you need to eat a cheeseburger. Get in the gym, something. It's just he's not built. He's not built like a pro athlete. You're seeing it. He's just a fragile guy. These injuries have all been fluky, but it's it all traces back to him maybe not being in shape. And... The Red Sox seemingly haven't done anything about that. They just are waiting for him to be magically healthy. Like I'm surprised he didn't hurt himself during the clubhouse meltdown. But I just I I I, I compared it the last night. I was on uh, 985 the sports hub. I kind of compared him and where his contracts at at this point to Dustin Pedroia at the end. Sure, he was a great player at one point, but he's not that player anymore. He's really point. not physically all there. You can't count on him for anything. You just can't. I'm going to read this quote that Jen McCaffrey has in her story on The Athletic uh, that we are quoting from. We have found a way a lot of nights because of what our depth has done, and it shows the importance of that pipeline and continuing to build that depth, Bloom said. We plan on going into next year with a lot of starting pitching options, knowing that whether it's Sale or somebody else, things do happen, and we are going to need people to step up over the course of the season if we want to play in the postseason, unquote. Here are the three top free agents that are on the market for next year going into 2023. These three pictures, Jacob deGrom, Jake Odorizzi, and the New York Mets, Chris Bassett. Do you think any of the Red Sox have 
a prayer in hell of signing any of those three after what's happened here. They should. I mean, in theory, they should because they have the resources to do it through the Boston Red Sox. So I think they will know. DeGrom is the one. I mean, DeGrom. Well, we talk about sale and his health. You do yeah, know DeGrom I, has had health injury, uh, health. If they, if, if, if they sign Jacob DeGrom, that's just Chris Sale 2.0. He hasn't made more than 15 starts in the last three years. I, I wouldn't touch that one. You would not. No, Odorizzi? Bassett. Odorizzi, like I, Bassett to me would be the guy. Yeah, he was great think, against the Reds the other night. Yeah, he's a little bit younger, I believe, than Odorizzi, right? Uh, I believe that's just, accurate. Yes. He's... He's thrown less innings in his career, but it's not a health thing. He just came up a little late, and he's been durable the last couple of years. So, you heading down to uh, Foxborough again soon? Yeah, uh, yeah. Preseason off, opener obviously. tomorrow. Yep, preseason opener. How excited are you? Tell me. Let's finish on a high I, note. I mean, I, I I love covering the games. It's going to be great. It's going to be nice to get some of these questions answered. That you say you want to end on a high note, then you talk about Patriots training camp. It's going to be nice to see just just how know, much but... an issue these the offensive line is. And I think it's, you know, people are talking about the receivers or whatever. I think it's all on the offensive line. But it's going to be nice to finally have some context to this and see really what's going on. How much do you think Mac plays? Maybe a series or two, if that. Yeah, so it's going to be hard to judge really where he's at by the games. It's what happens. I'm not, I, can't... Go ahead. I'm not worried about where he's at because when he's had time to throw, he's looked very good. It's just he hasn't had time to throw because the offensive line's been a mess. So I'm not – it's the offensive line for me. That's that's what I'm worried about. Fair enough. He is Alex Barth. He does a great job, as we just demonstrated, covering all things Boston sports, not just the Red Sox. Be sure to follow him and his coverage on 985thesportshub.com and follow him on Twitter at Real Alex Barth. I want to thank everybody for downloading this episode of the Red Sox Beat Podcast powered by CLNS Media. I want to thank our terrific sponsor, our very loyal sponsor, betonline.ag, our official online gaming partner, BetOnline, where the game starts. He's Alex Barth. I'm Mike Petralia. Thanks for downloading this podcast and enjoy your week.